Welcome back to Pick Up the Phone. My name is Camelia, and today we have a caller on the line. Who are we speaking with? Jacob. Today we're going to be talking about music. Jacob's going to be our desk chair expert, um, talking about Southern hip-hop history and things related to that. And it's funny because actually the first time we met, or my first memory of interacting with you, is like associated with music. I don't know if you remember this, but we were at like a friend's party and you were on Aux and you like queued up a song and I was like, oh, I like that. Like, good taste. And my friend turned to me and was literally like, don't tell him that. He's too big of an ego. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. So would you identify as a music snob? Strongly. In fact. Yeah, I would definitely say that I also feel like I'm kind of a music snob. And I wish I wasn't because I feel like music taste should be such a personal thing. Like, I just listen to the music that I enjoy and other people can listen to music that they enjoy. But that's not how I feel. Um, When people tell me their taste of music and I agree with it, I'm like, ah, yes, you are respected. We can be friends. And then if I don't like it, I'm like, why am I here right now? Yeah, it's that and... If somebody doesn't like my music taste, it's, I feel like it's an attack on me. I kind of have to take it personal. Has anybody ever not liked your music taste? Mm, as somebody that just called themselves the strongest music snob, I have to say no. Everybody has, in fact, always liked my music taste. Uh, how, how would you say that your music snobbery began? Like, do you think you've always been like this since you were young? Yeah, I think so. Just a little young elitist? <laughs> I think so, because I do remember in middle school, like, remember when we were in middle school, like, 2012, probably one of the most hated people in music was Lil Wayne. And then at the very top of that list would be like, I don't know, Justin Bieber, naturally. But I do remember, like, around sixth grade, seventh grade, just trying to find older rap music. Because everybody on the YouTube comment section to popular videos were just talking about how good music was in the 90s. So, like, I just latched on to East Coast. Um, actually, really just New York rappers from the 90s. So, I just listened to a lot of Nas and Wu-Tang in middle school. And when somebody didn't know about Nas, Wu-Tang, or Biggie, <laughs> I would just make the most disgusted face and then talk about the history of why they're important as if somebody even asked me that's funny because that's exactly what I was like in middle school um except not hip-hop I was like deeply into like punk and metal for a while and if somebody listened to pop music I was like I am superior to you and also how dare you not understand the importance of Metallica and ACDC like you're so lame and such a normie oh yeah that was definitely that person I don't know there's something so offensive about only listening to the radio I listen to the radio I mean you don't listen to top 40 thank you I'm redeemed This is Camelia. Please pick up the phone. Do you think that the South should be a contender when people say, do you like East Coast or West Coast rap? Do you think the South should be like an option I mean, there? I would say so, just because. Do you think Virginia counts as the South from the perspective of a Texas Southerner? It's kind of hard to say. It's probably Richmond 
would probably be the most um, northern, southern city. But the thing about that is just all the Virginia rappers are from Virginia Beach area. Um, Pharrell and Chad Hugo, Timberland, Missy Elliott, Clips, Pusha T and Malice. And I really think that's just about it. I don't know. That's a weird thing. A question of like if Southern is cultural or like location based. Um, I don't know who makes the rules, but I feel like people definitely like to group music. Like is Arizona part of the South? Because I, I feel it's like literally Southern. But I feel like no one's ever talking about Arizona rappers. Yeah, I think it really just has to do with what scene. I remember listening to Pusha T, I don't know, maybe the interview or something. And I mean, the, his favorite rappers are Big Daddy Kane, Biggie, Rakim, like all East Coast guys, Jay-Z. I don't know if maybe this was a Virginia Beach thing or maybe just a him thing. I think I remember hearing he had something like family from Brooklyn. Because I feel like the cities that turn out rappers are just going to be New York, Atlanta, as in LA. So like whichever one you're, whichever one you're closest to, you'll identify with most. But Texas has quite its own rap scene. Um, do you think the sound coming out of Texas is really different from the sound coming out of Atlanta? I'd say so, but it's going to be to a smaller degree. Okay. Yeah, Houston is more slowed. I mean, that's, that's its whole thing is um, chopped and screwed music which I think, funnily enough, was recognized, or DJ Screw was recognized by Governor Rick Perry. Huh. I know, right? I think he was recognized as having like a significant role in shaping the history or musical history of the state. That whole DJ Screw, chopped and screwed music slowed down. Uh, it's different than Atlanta, but not vastly different. But it is its own thing. I do want to talk about the screwed up click. But before we get into that, can I get a little dumb for a minute? I have prepared a a game for you so that we, the listeners, can get a better understanding of your perspective on being Southern. We're going to play Smash or Pass Southern Edition. I don't even know what I'm... You know what? Just keep going. Do you know what Smash or Pass is? <laughs> Yes. So I'm going to give you a list of um, things that are associated with Southern culture. And you're going to tell me if you would smash or pass them. Not literally, because that's not possible for some of these, but like the idea of them. Okay. First up, cowboy hats. Smash. Okay. Cowboy boots. Yeah. Cowboy shit is kind of cool. It can be cool if you do it like in doses. There's nothing worse than um, when me and my friends would just hang out all night and then get hungry and then drive to Whataburger in the middle of the night. It would always be like, there was a, what do you call this place? There's like a Western dance club. And then we just see dudes with the boots, the belt, and the biggest belt buckle that went up to their chest. And then the tucked in shirt with the with the big big cowboy hat and just seeing it all in one dose was way too much somehow offensive i couldn't i couldn't get with it okay um ranch water 
I don't even remember ever having ranch water. I have no, I have no opinion on that. I'll smash for the name alone. I think it's cute. All right, just to be a contrarian, I have to say uh, pass. Ugh. It's tequila. Just take a shot of it. Yeah, but it's so much cuter if you're like, ah, can I get a ranch water? And then you're like, guys, it's not water. It's like tequila. <laughs> I say, as a Southern person would. Am I fitting in? Me as a Southern man coming up to my friends. Yeah, I just ordered a ranch water. Really cute as all fuck. <laughs> does that offend your toxic masculinity? <laughs> It does. Um, the word yeehaw, smash or pass? Oh, that's such a hard pass. Okay, speaking of Southern accents, which you don't have, and people love to remind you of that, apparently, at school, but Southern accents, smash or pass? Mm, smash, to a degree. Okay, yeah, like a light smash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> smash and then don't call again. If you sound like you're from Houston, that's one thing. Atlanta, still okay. Montgomery, Alabama. Mm, oh, mm, coming yeah. for Alabama. Yeah, I said it. H-E-B, smash or pass? Notorious smash. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, Whataburger, smash or pass? Humongous smash. Giant belt buckles, smash or pass? Extreme pass. Okay, San Antonio Spurs, smash or pass? Smash, it's the only real basketball team in texas actual spurs smash or pass smash just for the san antonio association and the fact that i did ride a horse a couple times and did think that the spurs were kind of cool but the usage of the spurs may not be the coolest thing the fact that you know what spurs are used for i mean you're more of a you're more of a horse girl than i'll ever be used to be a horse boy i think you should aim for like old horse man I think that should be your future. <laughs> Out of all the career guidance quizzes I've taken, only if I've known I could have been an old horseman from the jump. I don't think you can. I think life has to slowly beat you down before you buy a ranch and become an old horseman and find happiness and meet an old woman who's in your town and recently widowed and then slowly together you two heal each other. Is that an upcoming Clint Eastwood movie? I was going to say Hallmark. Hallmark x Clint Eastwood. Okay, taking it back. To music, do you think there are certain themes that are prevalent in Southern music, um, whether it's rap or other genres that um, are not as common from other regions? I can really only speak for rap because I don't even think there's a lot of Southern artists or bands that I listen to. You're not able to talk about Mexican folk music? <laughs> that was going to be the second half of this episode. What? I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, carry on, themes. <laughs> There's not too much of a difference. I feel like with Southern rap, maybe that sticks out slightly more. It would probably just be, you know, the religion aspect. The um, Being that it is the Bible Belt, I feel like Southern rappers are just going to be more Christian or like more focused on that, talking about that. Um, like no, really, no matter what kind of music they make. And maybe like certain certain events that are less popular, like during Katrina, no Wayne's from New Orleans. I think he put out mixtapes and any money that went to that. I think he tried to put it towards Katrina um, repairs, related repairs. 
and I kind of just talked about it in his music during that time. Mm-hmm. Probably more focused on image, like even more so than other, say, LA or New York. Really, I feel like I I wouldn't have said that. Why? Like, why do you think so? Again, back to Lil Wayne. He's doing that coined the term bling bling. Oh, like flashiness, kind of. Yeah, they're just more flashy, like just more of what you have. Interesting. There was a time where T Pain was just on everything, and then eventually he went broke. <laughs> There's a time where he had a chain. Literally, you should Google this image. It just said big ass chain. Like it was a humongous chain. And I think it was it was probably half the size of his torso. T Pain is from Atlanta, right? Uh Tallahassee. Southern cities have their own car culture, kind of similar to LA, but more, again, like more flashy, like bonks. That's what they call them. Houston has slabs. What is a slab? It's like a, a kind of Houston's version of a low rider, like an old Cadillac or something like that, with um, mm. like wire wheels, candy paint. Like, that's pretty much every early 2000s song in the South has something about candy paint. Um, if we're going to talk about, you know, the the Texas music scene becoming more prevalent on the national or global level, do you think that starts with, with who? Ghetto Boys. Okay. I'd say they're the biggest that I can think of. Because, again, not to sound like um, Joe Rogan's ultimate fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> But he had a podcast on with Willie D from the Ghetto Boys. And I just remembered the first half of it. It was he was just telling Willie D how much he would listen to the Ghetto Boys, like when he was running his paper route. So I would say I do think they were the more popular group to come out from the South during that time because it was Rap-A-Lot Records. And I do remember Biggie having a a line when he was talking about Rap-A-Lot. They were pretty meaningful at that time. And... The Ghetto Boys were the biggest part of that with Scarface, Willie D, and Busswood Bill. I like that two out of the three of them have sort of like old schooly names, and then there's just Scarface. Yeah. Well, like Willie D sounds like an old cowboy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So does even Bushwick Bill, but then it's just like Scarface. It's like you know who the who the chill ones are in that friend group. You know who's the leader. Let's just say that. Right. That's <laughs> true. I'm sure. I'm sure. Scarface, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> we think you're a great guy. We're just kidding. And what were they known for? I would say their biggest song was Mind Playing Tricks on Me. And their music, looking back on it, sounds more, think of a psychological thriller made into music. That's the way their story sounds, where it's kind of just crazy things happening, horror approach to music if that makes any sense a good amount of their songs had like chucky a chucky sample <laughs> um, police sirens and like think of like you know like a real uh, a thriller movie or a horror movie where it's just kind of intense in that way right and that's really interesting because i i feel like that's a lot more common now to have samples from things that aren't other songs you know what i mean whether it's like the phone call sample or the like bits of a tv show or um of a movie but i feel like that is definitely a a newer thing that wasn't really common at the time yeah i would say so and even more 
now are like samples of YouTube videos. Um, so after the Ghetto Boys, w- what's the next progression? And are all of these people coming out of Houston or is it like other cities in Texas as well? Oh, yeah. I would probably say 90%. Okay. If not more. I mean, I've never heard of a San Antonio rapper. I mean, kids I went to school with trying to be rappers, there's probably like one or two Dallas rappers that like had a hit song in 2008 or something like that. But there's the vast majority are just going to be Houston rappers um, when it comes to Texas rap because Houston has its thing of just supporting their own and I think Pharrell said about, this just goes on to the mid-2000s, Pharrell said about Slim Thug, who's from some part of Houston, that he was a millionaire when he met him, and he was just just a local rapper, and people were just buying his mixtapes, like, out of his trunk. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of how Screwed Up Click got popular, was just a group of people just selling their mixtapes across the city, just making it big off of that. Can you give some context for who the Screwed Up Click is and DJ Screw and who else was associated with that group and the timeline for this? That was a lot of questions. <laughs> Could you actually be a textbook right now? I would say timeline, 90s. <laughs> I don't know if I could be more specific. South side of Houston, DJ Screw, I guess, was just a local DJ. But DJ Screw created a, a like production style that became really emblematic of Houston and Texas rap in general. Yeah, his style of chopped and screwed, which was slowed down, choppy rap was like his thing. And it was just to mimic, um, mimic usage of lean pretty much wait i didn't know that it's not a good way to make it sound it's just a way to mimic like what you're hearing when you're drinking lean which is makes it even more funny that he was recognized by rick perry well i mean it doesn't have to mean that i mean i think making the sound doesn't have to mean that he's like promoting the use of lean that is true but he did die from related lean usage (laughs) am i a debbie downer who else like was associated with Grid Up Click? Wait, actually, I just first wanted to say for people who aren't familiar with this, my favorite thing is that Screwed Up Click spells click C-L-I-C-K and not click with like the Q-U-E. And I just love that they were like, fuck this. It's none of this like French shit. Like we're just a click. I would say, I don't know. I, I feel like the thing was... um you could just say that you were with Screwed Up Click at the time. It's not really a formal group. I don't even think they really had a rec. They weren't even a had a record label. Right, but what like ra- what rappers were popular during this time? It was DJ Screw, Lil Kiki, Big Mo. I think were the biggest ones. There's probably a, a gang of other people I'm forgetting. Maybe Trey the Truth was around that time, but I I thought he would have come later on. Yeah, maybe zero, but there's just so many people. And it wasn't like like so many people like Wu-Tang, like you knew who was going to be there and like you can recognize their voices. It was just a whole group of people. 
that if you were there at the studio that you could just rap on a record. And again, this like South side of Houston, third ward area, which is kind of a weird bit of history. Again, George Floyd was on a screwed up clip mixtape. I actually did hear that or like that he had been working on music in Houston. Yeah. It was just a, yeah, like a third ward neighborhood thing. Right. So I guess how like that really came to be. And like DJ Screw is the one masterminding that whole sequence, mastering his craft. Right. And it's really stuck around is the thing. It's not like it just had an era. Like um, I feel like in a lot of cities, the sound goes through different yeah, phases where something is really popular for an amount of time. But I mean, you can see like people are still doing Chopped and Screwed. The Chopped and Screwed style maybe even peaked after DJ Screw passed and maybe like early to mid 2000s. You know how most rappers, they put out an album and then an album or a month later, they'll have like the deluxe version. Like early 2000s to mid 2000s, it was the same thing. But instead of the deluxe version, it was just like the chopped and screwed version. If you wanted to listen to that, since that was bigger at that time. Which do you like better? Like, do you have songs that you prefer the chopped and screwed and songs that you prefer the original? I would say mostly I would just like the original better. So would you say you're like a lean hater? (laughs) Just say no, kids. Yeah, I'd probably like two or three songs that I like more as um, chopped and screwed. Yeah, I like to listen to the chopped and screwed like once or twice, but then go back to listening to the original sort of. But maybe I just don't have the ear for it. Yeah, it is. Also, just a weird style to go off of. Well, like you said, it just it's like a different pace than what we're really used to. Yeah, and it's just just so much different than like other, pretty much any other city. Because like New Orleans has bounce, where it's just everything is just way faster. Yeah, but I like I think of it as similar to bounce. I mean, like the sound isn't similar at all, but similar in that it has to do with like a pace and a feeling yeah i can see it that way but it is like the anti-bounce you're right (laughs) this is music to like sit around and lounge to yes to sit around smoke and mostly drinking too just say no kids so in the early to mid 2000s who are the key people in the houston hip-hop scene UGK, technically not from Houston, from East Texas, Port Arthur. Um, They started in the 90s and then kept it going into the 2000s until um, Pimp C died of, again, related, uh, I don't know, misadventure. I mean, I feel like that's a popular thing you'll see throughout the history of musicians. Right. Like jazz musicians during the, that time largely had difficulties with heroin. Uh, rock stars, 60s and 70s, it was like, I don't know, heroin and cocaine. Mm-hmm. Wait, who were the people that you said? UGK and who? UGK, Slim Thug, Scarface. Right. Okay. Um, now that I think about it, Paul Wall, too. Like, Paul Wall and Chameleon Air. Do you remember that song, Right and Dirty? 
Paul will pretty much now, I mean, I think he'll still tour and everything, still do shows, but now he's like mainly a, a dude that sells rims and grills. Hmm. Oh, wait, he has that album cover, right? Where it's like, like him smiling with the grills. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the People's Champ album. Did he do Drive Slow with Kanye? Yeah, that was that one. Wait, I've never put all of that together. Interesting. I feel like there's words I'm looking for to describe the difference to me between New York and and Texas rap, but I like don't know if I have the words. But it's almost like there is a little more flashiness, but I feel like it's also a little more fun because of that. Do you agree? Yeah, like it's it's more it's more flashy and, and like more fun. Yeah, because sometimes New York rap was so like there was a lot of bravado, but it was almost like so intense. Yeah, so I'd probably just it kind of it may even not necessarily even be about music it can just be about just the differences between the cities no i mean i think that plays a big role like i think in new york trying to be cool was like you were trying to play it cool you know you had bravado but you were also like trying to be like i don't care like i don't even need to say how cool i am but then in texas it was like no 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 i'll list i'll list i'll tell you matters the different times of when you're in new york or like when like what years they are from like new york to texas yeah that's true it's hard to summarize like a whole city sound for sure, especially because it changes, like you said. But I don't know. I like don't know a good descriptor for, but I feel like there's such an obvious difference. Isn't Juvenile from Texas? No, he's in, he was a he was a part of the Hot Boys. He's from New Orleans. <laughs> I was so excited to talk about Juvenile because you know I love Juvenile. Yeah, I would. I'll just say this for the other cities, like. I'd say the main cities are just going to be Atlanta, Houston, New Orleans, and Memphis. Atlanta, probably some of the more interesting characters, because you can go from Andre 3000, hanging out and playing the flute and making kind of weird music for the time. <laughs> Love Andre. With uh, Big Boy and all of his other funny aliases he has. And then, you know, you could get to like more wild, Gucci Mane, Young Jeezy, T.I. Right. I feel like New Orleans is the most normal of those four southern cities. Masterpiece label, No Limit, in the 90s. And then 2000, you would just focus on um, Young Money with like Lil Wayne, Baby, and all those people. Lastly, I would say Memphis. Memphis is probably the more disturbing type of music. Definitely the biggest artists that came out of Memphis were 3-6 Mafia. Like I said, with like the Ghetto Boys sampling like horror movies, Police Sirens. I would say Memphis took that a step further with like really being into, you know, acting into like being into the occult stuff. Just a little bit weirder and more more intense on that side. 3-6 Mafia was really important for hip-hop history, though, also, because they had a big impact on, like, the flow. Like, weren't they known for sort of popularizing triplet flows? I mean, I couldn't say for certain, but I did hear. No, see, this is this is my nerdy side. I'm, like, researching the, <laughs> the, like, the like, tonal shifts and the... I wrote a paper on this in high school about 3-6 Mafia <laughs> and, like, pioneering triplet flows so that the Migos could take it back years later. Wait, really? Yes. That's, that's My teacher was like, I am so bored. <laughs> How did you make hip hop boring? And I was like, thank you. That's funny. If I'm going to divide 
rappers this way. Probably one of my favorite female rappers is going to be Gangster Boo. And if you were not going to divide rappers that way, would she still be one of your favorites? Yeah, she'd be pretty up there. You know, I do remember seeing an interview of Gangster Boo talking about that. She was like, yeah, Lord Infamous, one of the guys in 36 Mafia, was, he said he was definitely probably the first person to invent that. Okay, so are you ready to move on to our next segment? Yes. Before we recorded this, I told Jacob that I had a surprise segment for him. So I have decided <laughs> that in homage to my favorite music podcast, No Skips, I've compiled a list of song lyrics that are flagrant as fuck. And we're going to decide where it is, if it's crossed the line and like it's awful or like they pulled it off and like sound cool as hell. We're rating them on a scale of one to 10, one being bad, 10 being good. So one is go directly to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200. And 10 is lunch table says, ooh. First up from Travis Scott's Goosebumps, Kendrick raps, I can buy the building, burn the building, take your bitch, rebuild the building just to fuck some more. Which also, that's so funny (laughs) to me. (laughs) That he was like, I could destroy this building and then put it back together just so I can have sex with your girl. I would say nine to 10, because that's a foul thing to do. But it is, if I'm the person doing that, I'm the main character. No, I agree. I think that's cool as hell. Yeah, we'll give him like a 9.5. Start out strong. But if that's perpetrated upon me, if I'm the victim of such actions, man, that's a hard life. Nobody burn Jacob's building. You heard it here first. Please don't do it. From Project Pat's Don't Save Her, two things I ain't never in my life done seen before. It's a UFO or a hoe that wouldn't go. 10 out of 10. Listen, the fact that he he's like a woman that's not secretly a hoe doesn't exist is as fake <laughs> as fucking aliens coming to Earth in a UFO. That's hysterical. But I think it's a little foul still. I think that's like a solid five for me. That's right in the middle. Like you deserve a little jail time, but then to be released and go back to your shit, which by the way, this podcast does not support the prison industrial complex. Uh, Now that you put it that way, I'm willing to go down to an eight from a 10, but that that's just, that's a great line. From seeing green by Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne and Drake. Drake says, your girl was better in the morning, like a slice of pizza. That's a negative five. That's so foul that he would compare taking someone's girl and having sex with her to cold pizza for breakfast. Honestly, desecrating one of the best parts of life. <laughs> a full one. Straight to jail. Do not pass go, Drake. Yeah. If the one's the lowest I can go, I'm going one. But I, I, if I could go lower, I would go to about a negative six. Okay, so this one actually isn't a song lyric. It's two song titles. So from Zero's album, The Life of Joseph W. McVeigh, there is the song Hey Lil Mama, immediately followed by I Hate You Bitch. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's hysterical because he really just exposed his thoughts about women. And also it reminds me so much of a cat call. Like I picture him walking down the street and being like, Hey Lil Mama, and then some woman continues minding her business. And he's like, I hate you, bitch. And that's really funny to me. He's another Houston rapper that just turns out music by the season. But yeah, he has horrendous titles to everything. 
he went through a series where he just named his albums after a series of drugs. Oh my god. That's how you know, though, that someone's made too many albums. When you can't think of a meaningful uh, album title and you start being like, fuck it, what are like some breeds of cats? Like, as soon as your album titles have a category... Yeah, go on sabbatical. You're done. Um, I'm going to give these song titles back to back three because I don't think it's that awful but maybe like a four okay but i'm but also like why just rude i'll stick with you and probably say around a three because like just after listening to his music not even being the biggest fan but the songs i do know there has to at least be one line that's talking about baby mama drama so i'd yeah i'd probably say around a three just because how consistent gender of people uh, his stances on that one topic or issue or whatever uh okay next up is from um Pusha T and Kanye's new god flow I believe there's a god above me I'm just the god of everything else oh my god that's baller that's Kanye right yeah and that's a very Kanye line too but like that to me is like just scraping by not crossing the line like I'm the god of everything. I'm everyone's god. And then he's like, just, but I still, hey, god up there, I still believe in you. Yeah, I'm probably putting that five out of 10. It's just very Kanye. Like, it's just true to who he is. So I can't really fault him for that. But I also don't really like him as a person. So I am going to fault him for that at the same time. (laughs) See, I don't like him as a person, but I think that line is very cool. I would give that line like an eight, nine. I think that's so cocky, but I think he like pulls it off. And I think it's funny that he pulls it back just enough to be like, but, but there's a real God, but I'm, I'm also, I'm also just like right below him. Um, Okay. Now I have a series of Lil Wayne lyrics. All of these are from It's Good. He says, Rikers Island on this flow, eight months for that pistol, but at least they had some bad bitches working in that shithole. The fact that he had to mention, he was like, oh, Prison's okay, because there were hot women to look at. That's hysterical. But I give him a five, because it's still flagrant as fuck. Like, you deserve a little jail. <laughs> Which he got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he actually got a fair bit of prison, but he served his time for that line. I'll probably stick with you on that one, because if there's one thing I don't think about with jail or prison, it's women. Okay, later in that song, he says... Give me three wishes. I wish, I wish, I wish you would, bitch. I'd probably say seven out of ten. I like the thought that he uh, would use all three of his wishes from a genie on wishing that you would, bitch. (laughs) And the final lyric, still from It's Good by Lil Wayne. Kidnap your bitch. Get that how much you love your lady money. That's a pretty foul thing to do. I mean, I guess that's what a ransom always is, but it's like, instead of just being like, I'm going to get your girl and you're going to have to pay me money. It's like, I'm going to get your girl and we're going to find out how much you actually care about her. I'd probably put that at like a four, maybe three, actually. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, it's funny, but it's pretty messed up. What if you lowball Wayne and you go, listen, 500. Imagine it's like your wife or something or like your fiance. And then when she gets out of being kidnapped... (laughs) um she's gotta come home and you've got to deal with her being like oh i was only worth 500 oh oh because wayne told me how much you loved me was how much you'd pay that was that was the real that was the real consequence from draped up by bun b this here is a texas toast so raise your glass because the whole dirty south is finna show their naked ass 
this is funny to me. I picture a very specific scene. I picture a like Houston highway and a guy like standing up out of the sunroof, shoving his jeans down and all everyone on the highway just has to look at like dude butt. <laughs> dude butt. Dude butt is universally funny. I don't know why it's funny, but it is. I, th- I think that's like goes back to the thing about like you can just tell with like the phrasing. Right. This is not somebody from South Central LA. Maybe eight out of ten. I was gonna say a six or a seven. Yeah, I do like the the Texas toast. But I think clip. he pulled it off because he's it's a great song and he's a badass. No, I agree. I think the Texas toast thing is cute. Actually, I gotta stop calling things cute. <laughs> Um, okay, we have one last line, and I think that you'll like this one. From Amine's Reel It In, she Bjork cute, so she really fine, just sort of weird. An out of 10. What a backhanded compliment. Yeah, but she was the, the first one in the goose dress. Right, but I just think it's that's such a funny way to describe, like, he's describing another woman. Like, you didn't have to say that part. You could just say she's <laughs> cute. Yeah, when you put it that way. But then I also love on the flip side, I feel like people never talk about the personality. They're always just like, this woman's hot. And I love that he's like, she's hot. She is a little unusual, but she's still hot. And we see you for that, Amine. We love a weirdo. I'm willing to drop my grade to a whopping 9 out of 10. (laughs) No, uh, I give that like a 6. I can visualize the line. Is Bjork cute your type? Let it be known that Jacob is a huge Bjork fan. (laughs) So actually in that Bun B line from Draped Up, I realized that we didn't talk about the phrase Dirty South, which is sort of like a term of pride, I would say, for like Southern music. Do you think that applies to just Texas music or does Dirty South apply to like the whole South? I think Dirty South seems like a more, I don't know, interesting way to say Deep South. So I would probably say, I don't know, Texas to the Carolinas. Right. Something I like about it, maybe this is just my perception but like i like the way i feel like that could be used as an insult like dirty is not usually a a compliment but i feel like the way people say dirty south when they're talking about music they like make it a thing that you would want to be like it it's more like tough and cool (laughs) it's almost like um a kind of joking a little at la and new york being more like put together i remember i mean this is Quoted a lot among uh, Southern rappers in the 90s, Outkast, Big Boy, and Andre 3000 were at like the Source Awards or something. And they got an award for something and they just got straight booed. Andre 2000 grabs the mic and just kind of goes on a short rant. And just that line, the South has something to say. It's just reverberated through Southern rap music a lot. Before I let you go, Jacob and I both listen to a lot of music that's not just hip-hop or southern hip-hop so i wanted to give each of us the chance to give a song rack in a genre that's completely different i can go first all right please go first hold on i'm gonna look through my spotify also can i give the people your southern hip-hop playlist can i share that yeah go right for it oh no everything i can think of is a hip-hop song okay no i know what i'm gonna share um Okay, mine is a whole artist, which is cheating, but it's my rules, so I don't care. I'm going to recommend the artist OG. Her name is spelled O-G-I, and her music is sort of like soul, R&B, a little funky. 
And she's just like a really great singer. And what I like also is that so much popular soul music is really old. And so it's really fun to hear someone sing in that style, but be singing about like getting ghosted and stuff or like her friends not making good choices. Um, My other rec is Cutting Onions by Tierra Whack, which is kind of still hip hop, but I don't know. This is the first song where like Tierra Whack is really vulnerable and she's talking about the death of her grandmother, but she does it in such a Tierra Whack way. And it's such an emotional song, but like still just like a great song that's still in her style. Please, please give your recommendation. I'm dying here. <laughs> I'm at my desk right now. The first thing I'm looking at in front of me are three albums. So first I'll pick off a Sonic Youth album, Sonic Youth Evil. I think my favorite song, I mean, I think I'm really into like the, the first track or the last track of albums because those are usually, I don't know, probably tells you the most about the album. The first one's called Tom Violent from Sonic Youth's Evil. And it's pretty much just a very dramatic alternative rock song. And since you chose two, naturally I have to choose two. That's not how this works. I'm commandeering it. Second one, I'll even pick an even weirder um, song slash band, Tropical Fuckstorm. Great band name. It's an all-girl group from Australia. Actually, no. They have one guy in it who's the singer. All right, I'll just see it. Tropical Fuckstorm, The Planet of Strawmen. Very weird, alternative uh, type of rock song that's very dramatic, but my type of dramatic. So I'll leave it at those two. You've reached the voicemail of Camellia, please hang up and dial again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pick Up the Phone. Our show would not be possible without the support of our amazing team. Our executive producer is Camelia Pastor. Our audio editor is Camelia Pastor. Our graphic designer is Camelia Pastor. Our marketing team, Camelia and Pastor. Sales and analytics, Camelia Pastor. And of course, this season's intern is Camelia Pastor.